ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله جل وعلا وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أجارني الله وإياكم من النار ثم أما بعد All praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala May the peace and blessing of Allah be upon his servant and final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam As to what follows my dear respected brothers in Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of surah al-hashr Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqu Allah اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون My brothers in Islam, there is not a single person on earth except that he has a worry and he has a concern. And if you were to ask people, what is your worry? Some are worried because of a debt they owe. Some are worried because of their business and their wealth. Some are worried because of a sickness they have in their body. Some are worried because of a sickness of a relative or a friend. Some are worried because they're burying a loved one and they are mourning the loss of a loved one. People are different when it comes to their worries and their sadness and their concerns. But who among us is actually worried about the first night in the grave? Who carries this concern and this worry? Who is worried and concerned when he stands before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his deeds are placed on the same scales that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu's deeds will be placed on. And his same deeds will be placed on the same scale as Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Who is worried about the passing by of the Sirat on the day of judgment? Who carries this concern and his worry during the day and during the night? Abu Talha radiallahu anhu, one day he enters upon his wife Umm Sulaym radiallahu anha and he comes and he sits right between her laps and he begins to cry and he cries and she says to him, May you kick what makes you cry? Imagine someone walking into his wife and he's sleeping, he's, he's basically have, has his head in her lap and he begins to cry. She says to him, May you kick, ya Abu Talha? Why do you cry, ya Abu Talha? He says to her, Abki, لأن الله قال, وإن منكم إلا واردها كان على ربك حتما مقضية. 
I cry because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in the Quran that there is not a single person nor a single soul except that they will walk on the sirat. Allahu a'lam, Allahu a'lam ya Umma Sulaim. If I'll make it to the other side or I won't make it to the other side. And this is his concern during the day, during the night. And this is why he was crying radiallahu anhu. In this ayah, my brothers and my brothers in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ittaqullah. Fear Allah. How do you do that? This is how you're going to fear Allah. Look towards what you have prepared for tomorrow. Every single soul, every single person among us, he should be looking, should be looking deeply into what he has prepared for tomorrow, what he has put forth for tomorrow. The verb another is to stare and look deeply into something as opposed to the word Take a deep look into the future. What have you prepared for tomorrow? What have you prepared? Consistently worrying about what you have prepared for tomorrow before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a worship, is an obligation because of this ayah. What have you prepared for tomorrow? When you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what will you say to him tomorrow? When he says to you, Abdi, my slave, I have given you Islam. And I given you guidance, and I gave you this body of yours, and I gave you alam I gave you two eyes, walisan and washafatain, and I gave you this tongue, and I gave you hands, and I gave you health, and I gave you time, and I gave you reminder after reminder, and warning after warning, and I gave you this Quran, and I gave you the prophets. And I gave you everything you have to know in this life to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdi, what did you do with these blessings? Did you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he deserves to be thanked? Or you neglected them time after time and you heard reminder one after the other and it did nothing to you? The people of the people of the the people of the fire on the day of judgment their wish we wish we had heard hearing hearing the advice and then implementing this advice the disbelievers on the day of judgment their one wish allah azza records it in the quran bring us out so we can do so we can do some righteous good deeds other than what we used to do this is the preparation my brothers in islam this moment this moment standing before allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the judgment it'll happen for each and every single one of us what have you prepared for that moment umar radiallahu anhu when he heard this ayah when the people will stand up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he fell unconscious and it took him one month to recover from this ayah. Then he understood the gravity and the severity of what it means to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Umar radiallahu anhu, this is how he reacted to an ayah. A woman during the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she committed zina. She came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said to him, Ya Rasulullah, tahirni min zina purify me. Yani implement Allah's law upon me so I may be purified from this sin. Because I don't know, how am I going to stand before Allah and meet him with this sin of a zina? How am I going to meet him? Purify me from this sin now. For Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turns away from her and he says to her, go. And she insists 
and she comes once and twice and three times back to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam purify me from my sin until he said to her go and give birth she went and gave birth imagine nine months later she came she said ya rasulullah i've given birth tahirni purify me he says to her go and wean him and give him nurture him until he grows and he's able to eat on his own two years went by before she weaned him and she brought him to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he was holding a piece of bread in his hand implying that now he's able to eat and he's good to go on his own then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam implemented the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon her and he stoned her to death but this woman three years she could have ran away Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to her don't come back go but she didn't feel right how am I going to stand before Allah with this sin what am I going to say to him on the day of judgment with this sin? And it bothered her for three years in her life. It bothered her for three years, just like someone that had cancer for three years and he's bothered about his cancer. She was suffering because of this one sin that he did. What am I going to say to Allah on the day of judgment when I stand before his hand? Abdullah ibn Jahsh radiallahu anhu. Abdullah ibn Jahsh radiallahu anhu. Just before the battle of Badr, before the battle of Uhud, he makes a dua and he says, Oh Allah, Allahumma rzuqni rajulan hadid shadidan ba'suhu shadidan hirduhu yaktuluni fa'uqatiluhu fayaktulini thumma yaktahu anfi wa udhuni fataqula ya abdallah fima fa'alta hadha fa'aqulu fika wa fi rasulik fataqula sadaqt Abdullah ibn Jahsh radiallahu anhu before the battle of Uhud he made a dua he said, Oh Allah, bless me Bless me tomorrow on the battle of Uhud with a man from the disbelievers that is tough and strong and mighty. And I fight him and he fights me and he kills me. Then after he kills me, he chops my ear and he chops my nose. And then when I'm resurrected on the day of judgment, you ask me, oh Abdullah, why did you do that for? I will say I did it for your sake and for your Rasul's sake. And you will say, Sadaqt, you spoke the truth. That is the preparation of Abdullah ibn Jahsh. He understood what it means to stand before Allah. What am I going to present on that day? What do I have? He looked at himself and he says, I have nothing but myself to offer and stand before Allah and be proud about it on the day of judgment. And he'll carry his nose and he'll carry his ease on the day of judgment. And he'll say, oh Allah, this is what I present for your sake. This is how I prepared for this day. This is Abdullah ibn Jahsh radiallahu anhu. Everyone has to look forward. Everyone has to look forth, has to look into tomorrow. What has he presented tomorrow for that day? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he tells us a story of a man, of a man in the past. Kana Yusrif, he used to commit a lot of sins. He used to hear reminders. He used to be neglectful. He never used to listen to it. If he listened, he never used to implement anything. You can understand. Kana Yusrif, sin after sin. When death approached him, it's the time to die. He got worried. So he gathered his children and he said to them, When I die, take my body and burn it. And when you collect the ashes, crush the ashes, make it powder. Then wait for a day in where the wind is so strong and take half of the ashes, go onto the ship, go into the middle of the ocean and throw half the ashes there and wait for a windy day on land and throw the other half of the ashes on the land. 
if Allah was to resurrect me, if Allah was to bring me together, he is going to punish me such a punishment. He has not punished anyone before. So they did that and they burnt him and they dispersed and scattered his ashes over the world, over the place. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the earth, gather him up. So he was gathered and he was resurrected before Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said to him, Ma hamalaka ala ma salat. Why did you do that? Why did you give advice to your children to do that to you? He said, Khashyataka ya Rabb. The fear of you, the fear of you helped me to do such a thing. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. This man, even though he heard so much and he indulged in sin, but the fear of Allah remained in his heart. This is why he told his children do what he did. Under the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, he said to himself, how am I going to stand before Allah? What am I going to say with him? What am I going to say to him? My children burn me. I don't want to exist on this earth. Then I can't stand before Allah. This is going to be a severe stand, a severe moment. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him because of the genuine fear he had of Allah. Not the fake image of the fear of Allah. The genuine fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lived in this man's heart. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Aisha radiyallahu anha, she narrates that she heard the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his salat making the dua, Allahumma hasibni hisaban yaseera. Oh Allah, when you judge me, go easy on me. Judge me and take my accounting in a very easy fashion. Easy judgment, easy reckoning. That's in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam making this dua. How many of us even have memorized this dua? Allahumma hasibni hisaban yaseera. Even in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was worried about the standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What have we prepared for this day, my brothers in Islam? What are you going to come with on the day of judgment when a sahaba would come with their body limbs and others are coming with other projects that they did during this life and others are coming with the mountains of worship they did for Allah and what are you going to come with on the day of judgment and what excuse are you going to have for not preparing anything when Allah himself told you in surah al-hashr and then he says again emphasizing Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and prepare something for tomorrow. Bilal radiallahu anhu prepared for that day with two rak'at he used to do after his wudu until the point when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during the night of al-Isra' wal-Mi'raj he said, Ya Bilal, I heard your footsteps in the paradise. In other words, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew Bilal is preparing something and this is what he was preparing for that day. Those two rak'at that he prayed after wudu but he held on to them until the day he died. Well, the paradise is made up of eight gates and every gate has a name. Babul Rayyan, the people of those who used to fast would enter from that door. Babul Salat, those who used to pray would enter from that door. And there are names for their doors. Why? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And he's encouraging the people that everyone should have a deed in where you hope that Allah azza wa jal would admit you from this door. So if you're from the people of fasting, you enter from Babu Rayyat. The people of Salat, you enter from Babu Salat and so on. The names of the doors of the paradise imply that you should have one kind of worship that you hold on to. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his dua, he used to say, Allahumma, 
وأسألك حب عمل يقربني إلى حبك. And I ask you that you instill inside of me and penetrate deep inside of me the love of one worship that will bring me closer to your love. My brothers in Islam, what is this one worship? that you are doing in your life, that you will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, oh Allah, this is what I held onto all my life and I hope through this deed that I'll enter the paradise and the standing and the judgment before you is going to be easy on me. What is the deed? Bilal radiallahu anhu easy. He would have answered it and told you it's his two rak'at. And Bilal, for sure he used to read Quran, he used to fast, he used to do other things. But he hoped to enter the paradise through these two rak'at that he prayed. This is how he used to take care on the day of judgment. You're not known by your name. You're known by your action and by your deed. There is a woman that reaches in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the paradise on the day of judgment. For Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to her, Man anti, who are you? For she says to him, Ana mra'a qa'attu ala iyalin li. I'm a woman that was widowed, or يعني, my, my husband had died, I, my, I lost my husband. And I took care of my children, and I hope through this that I enter the paradise. She's racing in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the paradise. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked her, who are you? She did not give her name. She identified herself with the deed that she's been doing in this life preparing for tomorrow what is this deed that you're doing and holding on to that you are preparing for it for the next day for tomorrow when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna Allah khabirun bima ta'maloon wala takunu kalladheena nasullah do not be like those who forgot Allah don't be like those who forgot Allah how do you forget Allah how does one forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the heart is emptied from the love of Allah and filled with the love of other than Allah, it begins to forget Allah. When this heart begins to fill with this love of the dunya and love of this wealth of the dunya and the love of the materialistic things of this dunya to the point where it fills it up, the love of Allah escapes. As a result, a person forgets Allah. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ how does one forget his creator? How does one forget his sustainer? How does one forget his provider? Allah says, Wala But my brothers in Islam, you know what the disaster is? The disaster is that there is a consequence for forgetting about Allah. And one of the ways of forgetting Allah is not to keep yourself in check of if you're not always consistent in checking whether you are preparing for tomorrow or not, when you forget about this, when your concern is no more the hereafter and what am I going to prepare and put forth for that day, when you begin to forget about this, as a result, you forget about Allah. But the greatest punishment of forgetting Allah in this life before the hereafter, Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says, فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ He made them forget themselves. My brothers in Islam, the human being is weak. The human being is poor. The greatest disaster to ever happen to you in this life is that Allah makes you forget about yourself and who you are and who you'll become. My brothers in Islam, this is dirt. This is dirt from the grave, from the cemeteries. And this is dirt from the street. Dirt from the street. This was your beginning. This is your beginning. And this is going to be your end. Why so much arrogance against Allah? 
Why do the people forget Allah when this was your beginning and this is going to be your end? And the people ask, why does Allah call himself Al-Mutakabbir? So he can wake you up. So he can wake you up and tell you who you really are and what you'll really become. This is min turab ila turab. This is, the, this is your beginning. Look at it. Do you see any value in it? Do you see any gold in it? Is there any worth to it? Would you buy this? Would anyone take it? Even for free? No one. Worthless. Pointless. Invaluable. There is no value to it at all. Dirt from the street. This is your beginning. And this is your end. This was once a beautiful lady. This was once a beautiful man. This was someone. Allahu Alam. Is he enjoying Na'imul Qabr? Is his grave a, a garden of the paradise? Or is he going through Adabul Qabr? Allahu Alam. Depends him and his deeds. What he did in this life, this is his end. This is the beginning. This is the end. This is why Allah calls himself Al-Mutakabbir. The great, the supreme, the mighty. So that he wakes you up and you realize who you are and what you'll become. Why so much arrogance in your life? Why so much arrogance against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why sin after sin and no repentance in between? Why always procrastinating the deeds? Taraweeh, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow night. Bala, whenever, whenever I feel like it, I'll come. Bala, one jizah is too much, half a jizah is a bit less, it's easier. Why? Fa'ansahum anfusahum. You'll forget yourself. This is the greatest disaster. You walk around with a dead heart. Fa'ansahum anfusahum. One of the meanings of fa'ansahum anfusahum. Do you realize today when people have a doctor's appointment and they sit down and they're told, look, your wait is going to be another half an hour. And he gets upset and frustrated. Why? Well, it, it's for your purpose. And you're going to see the doctor in half an hour. Couldn't you sit with your nafs for half an hour? You don't have time to sit with yourself and remember Allah for half an hour. God, how come the human being can't sit with himself for a minute? He needs to be around people. He needs to be active. He wants to see someone. This is adab. Fa'ansahum anfusahum is adab. Al-i'tikaf is coming 10 nights. People find it difficult. What am I going to do for 10 days in the masjid? Sit in the corner, do what? Don't you know how to isolate? Sit with yourself, sit between you and Allah. Wallahi, the best days in your life is when you sit with yourself. Why? At night, no one can get up at night and pray a few rak'at for Allah. Feels bored. What am I going to do? Two at night, three at night, and the people are sleeping. Why am I going to be up praying for what? فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ This is a punishment. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Such are the rebellious, corrupt people, Allah Azza wa Jalla says. لَا يَسْتَوِي أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ وَأَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ The people, أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ, the people of the fire, aren't equal and they're no way in comparison to the people of the paradise. Why? أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ The people of the paradise are the successful. My brothers in Islam, the one who prefers to sleep during Salat al-Fajr isn't equal to the one who preferred to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in al-Masajid. The one who preferred to commit sin, zina, riba, alcohol, gambling, run after woman, why isn't able to control his gaze. He is not equal to someone who fought himself to stay away from a zina, stay away from a riba. He's not equal to him. La yastawi ashabu nar my brothers in Islam, the one who picked up this Quran 
and made lots of effort and hard effort to read and to memorize this book. He's not equal with someone that couldn't care less about this book. And whenever he can pick it up, he picks it up and he doesn't realize that opening the Quran is the difference between the hellfire and the paradise. These are the problems. Now Allah tells us the solution. What is going to wake you up, my brother? What is going to wake up this heart of yours? What is something that is going to keep you remembering Allah and never forget Allah? In the next day, Allah says, لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن Al-Quran is going to keep you awake and alive. Al-Quran is what's going to keep you connected with Allah. Al-Quran is going to make sure you never forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azawajal quickly in the ayah tells us what kind of effect this Quran would have on a non-living object, on a mountain that is not resurrected on the day of judgment, that will not be questioned by Allah yawm al-qiyamah, will not end up in paradise or hell, a mountain. If this Quran was revealed on a mountain, لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا You would have seen it humble, soft. Mountain in reality is solid, it's strong. But you would have seen it soft. مُتَصَدِّعًا It would have exploded. And you know when a mountain, when a rock explodes, what happens? Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says to us, وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَشَّقَّقْ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَاءِ When a mountain explodes, water comes out of it. This is the effect the Quran would have on a mountain. If this Quran had effect on the heart, the first sign of it is that tears would start to flow out. Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says, إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُ الرَّحْمَانِ خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَبُكِيًّا Umar radiallahu anhu, when he read this ayah, Allah Azza wa Jalla says in the ayah, if the ayat of Allah are recited unto them, they fall into sajda and they begin to cry. Umar radiallahu anhu would make the sajda and he would say, Ya Umar, this is a sujood. This is the prostration. Where is the buka? Where is this crying? Where is this effect of the Quran in our life? These are the examples that we set for people. So that they may ponder about it. But then the big question, and this is the final thing. Why aren't the hearts responding to the Quran? Why? We read an ayah after ayah. Yani, the ayah in where Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah Ali Imran, that you will not attain the paradise until you give from that which you love. This one ayah was enough for one companion to go to his garden and donate 600 palm trees he had. He could have donated 300. 400, but leave something for you. He donated all of them because of this one ayah. Effect. Quran used to have an effect. It used to have an, he used to peep, move the people. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to cry when he heard the Quran. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu couldn't pass by two, three ayat except that he cries. Why doesn't the Quran have this effect in our life? The conclusion of the surah will tell you why. Because the people did not know who Allah is. They don't have true knowledge of Allah. People are ignorant about Allah. So Allah concludes this surah with his names. He introduces, reintroduces himself to mankind. Allah. 
It is Allah, none worthy of worship except Him. Alimul Ghaybi wa Shahada, the knower of the seen and the unseen. Rahman Rahim. He is the most merciful. When you hear the name of Allah Rahman Rahim, the door of a Tawbah is open. The door of a Tawbah is open. Ar-Rahman Rahim. He's inviting you to a Tawbah. Don't worry about the days that passed in where you forgot about Allah and you forgot about Dhikrullah and about the worship of Allah. Don't worry and regret. Ar-Rahman Rahim. Up until this day, he's Ar-Rahman Rahim. The door of a Tawbah is open before you. Make a Tawbah today. And begin to reform today. You're still in Ramadan. You still have the time to make it. And what is yet to come is better than what already came. Once again, these three ayat reintroducing who Allah is to us. Wallahi, my brothers, it's important. If you do not know who Allah is, you're going to forget about Allah. You have to learn about Allah. The problem is our heart is not filled with Allah. If I said to one of you, get up here and talk to me about Allah for two minutes. Don't repeat yourself. How many can do that? But, but if I told you, get up and speak a friend that you love, speak to me about him. You'll sit for 10 minutes. You'll tell me what he loves, what he eats, what he drinks, what times he likes to sleep, what hobbies he loves, where he loves to travel. He can sit for 10 minutes. Then your heart is filled with his love. But when I say to you, come, Tell me about Allah for two minutes. Don't repeat yourself. You wouldn't know what to say. Meaning there's a problem. We're ignorant about Allah. This is why the Quran has no effect. This is why we forget about Allah. It is Allah. None is worthy of worship except Him. Al-Malik, the King. Al-Malik, the King. As-Salam. Al-Malik al-Quddus, the pure. As-Salam. The one who's free from all defect and imperfections. Al-Mu'min, the giver of security. Al-Muhaymin, Al-Muhaymin, the watcher over all the creation. Al-Muhaymin al-Aziz, the mighty. Al-Jabbar, the compeller. Al-Mutakabbir, the grand, the supreme, the great. Subhanallah amma yushrikun. Allah is above all that which they associate with him. Who Allah, it is Allah. Who Allah al-Khaliq. The Creator, don't forget the Creator. Who Allah al Khaliq, Al Bari, the Initiator, the Originator, Al Musawwir, the Giver of Form, the Fashioner. Lahu al Asma al Husna, to Him belongs the most perfect of names. Yusabbihu lahu ma fi samawati wa ma fi lard. Everything in the heavens and in the earth declares His praise non stop. Lenu Yusabbih is a present tense. Present tense implies continuity. If everything above in the heavens and everything on the earth declares his praise, why aren't you declaring his praise? What tasbih is not just sitting and saying, Subhanallah, your salat al-fajr is tasbih. Salat al-dhuhr is tasbih. This gathering here is tasbih. And every form of worship is tasbih. Why are you making tasbih? If everything around you is making tasbih, how can you forget? When you look at the tree, it's making tasbih. It reminds you of tasbih. When you look at the earth, it's making tasbih, it reminds you of tasbih. But things around us have covered the hearts, have blocked the hearts. So we don't see, we see but we don't see. We're blind to the spiritual side of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ And he is the mighty, the all-wise. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيم
الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وبعد هذا وصلوا وسلموا رحمكم الله على خير البرية وأزكى البشرية محمد بن عبد الله صاحب الحوض والشفاعة فقد أمركم الله تعالى بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بملائكته المسبحة بقدسه وأن يهبكم أيها المؤمنون فقال عز من قائل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم الجليل يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون